Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Knapsack. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our News and Cues episodes. We're going to talk Star Wars news, and we're going to take some great listener questions. Why do we say great every week? Because they are great every week. That's how that works, right, Ken? We're very fortunate to have a, a very thoughtful and insightful fan base. One week, we might just uh, choose a question that is, why droids? And we'll go from there. We'll go from there. I would uh, argue that's great. That uh, just uh, makes yeah. you think lots of philosophical things. Why do droids exist? Why, why droids? droids? 
Why? Droids, indeed. Before we get into all that fun, we do want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. As always, a little bit later, well, if our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. We are going to catch up with Star Wars and Life Adventures, and I imagine there might be a theme of heat, Joseph. <laughs> there has been a lot of heat. I don't know if I would call that an adventure. I guess maybe just an ordeal, an unfortunate fact that one has to live with. <laughs> it is yeah. like, you, you know how when people get grossed out by the word moist? Like, that's what the weather is, that feeling of being grossed out by the word moist. <laughs> that's what the temperature has been in Los Angeles for the last three days. Yeah, yeah. And look, um, it's a mind, you know, I'm I'm trying to deal with it, like you said, not complain, deal with it. And it's it, it's it's all fine and good. And then you'll always get someone like, ah, oh, you think it's hot there? Well, I well, look, we are acclimated to certain regions, all of us. Uh, you know, I'm sure if I was in Minnesota right now, I'd be like, Joseph, how did you survive a week here? Like it just <laughs> the way humans work. We are out here and we're used to the heat. I, I've been out here long enough. Joseph, you've been out here long enough. We're used to it, but this one was a smack you upside the face weekend, you know? Oh, yeah. This was like, there's sometimes like, oh, it's kind of hot and keep keep going. And, you know, obviously Labor Day weekend, uh, holiday weekend, uh, what I had proposed to my wife is like, I think the thematic word of our weekend should be cope. <laughs> Meaning like, we don't just try to get on with like, well, we're, we're going to do this, we're going to do this and it's hot, but we'll kind of just, you know, deal with it. Like, no. The point of this weekend is to cope with the heat. That's what we're doing this weekend. <laughs> Everything is built around coping. I now have an image that I know is not true, but an image of uh, you and uh, Sarah on like a Friday afternoon writing on a board. Today's week or this weekend's <laughs> word is like, uh, I, I know that's not the case, but <laughs> every once in a while I might get a board every once in a while there is like, no, this this weekend's theme is relax or contemplate. But I, no, it was it was a coping weekend. Yeah. Did you get, I mean, did you just get to do anything, any, any Star Wars fun? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did actually, after ranting about it, we're not going to do anything. I did actually get to do a couple of fun things. Uh, on Friday, I made a point to uh, take a, a little personal field trip that uh, Adult Swim uh, fantasy comedy show that I'm a writer for, Tigtone. It's season two premieres coming up on September 13th. And there was a, a billboard and uh, one of the there was a billboard for season one, but it was in kind of an out of the way place. And that, one, that was cool. And there's some bus stop ads is all great. Uh, this time it got one of Adult Swim's uh, bigger placements for billboards mm. uh, right there on Sunset Boulevard. So that was really fun. I went and did a little field trip and took some pictures of the billboard, uh, took some pictures of myself looking at the billboard. Initially had both my mask and sunglasses on. So it's like, you could see no emotion. And just like a totally emotionless guy and a billboard. Uh, but then I, you know, I took the sunglasses and the mask off and uh, did some fun pictures. And then it was really nice. I posted uh, photos of that over the weekend. And, you know, many people were like, hey, congratulations on a show that, you know, you're involved in having a billboard. That's cool. But the vast majority of comments were nice beard, which I also appreciate. <laughs> I, well, the, I was going to comment because I've seen you a couple times during this lockdown in person by through a car window, handing over some wonderful four center gifts or something. And it's been coming. And I saw that and I, my, that was my reaction. Oh, man, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, it's a good one. I trimmed. 
you trimmed. Yeah, you and I are at that age where you, you have to either embrace the the gray or you get some dye, right? And, and you and I are embracing the gray, um, and it's glorious. You, you have a glorious frosty mug, sir. I say, as do you. My goodness, my goodness gracious. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the other Star Wars adventure I had, which I didn't really intend to be as a Star Wars adventure, uh, my wife bought a, a while ago just because she saw it for cheap. Uh, one of the DVDs of one of the shows that Ewan McGregor has done uh, with uh, his friend Charlie Borman, where he uh, rides a motorcycle very, very far. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Uh, and this was the second one that we're watching. We, we didn't see the first one because we just grabbed it off of a discount bin. It's called Long Way Down. Um, mm. And it's great. It's just, I won't go on and on about it uh, as a show, but it's it's really great. Uh, but it's really funny because Ewan McGregor is incredibly charming, incredibly funny, acknowledges his huge amount of fame, but also is like down to earth and honest about it. So he makes Star Wars jokes every once in a while. You know, he's got a, a microphone in his helmet. And like at one point he just says, you know, be mindful of your thoughts. They betray you like for no particular reason. Just <laughs> saying one of his Obi-Wan lines to himself. Uh, but the there's a bunch of little adventures, but it's really fun because they're going from the, the northern tip of Scotland, uh, trying to make it all the way down to uh, Cape Town uh, mm. in Africa. And that means that in the beginning, he ends up following Anakin's path through Attack of the Clones because he goes to Lake Como, <laughs> which is Naboo. And he mentions like, ah, Star Wars went here and I didn't get to go. Uh, and then uh, he goes to Tunisia uh, and, uh, and basically the Lars homestead. So like, <laughs> it's like Obi-Wan is following Anakin. Uh, chasing after him indeed yeah chasing i love after him. like that i'll have to check that one out too yeah it's really good it's really good and every once in a while he says something that's a little bit insightful on him it's time with star wars so great fun great fun um but i want to hear about your adventures because i saw photos of you and your frosty beard yeah and a sweaty beard indeed uh saturday got the chance to be part of uh, mark ellis and friends uh, live comedy the return of, of live comedy for us uh, in our little circle and it was a lot of fun and it was live streamed from the Viper Room on the Sunset Strip. So you and I both had important Sunset Strip days. <laughs> we um, did. Which is an absolute historic stretch of road. There's a great documentary I watched a couple years ago that even though I'd been in town and been on Sunset and, you know, I know a lot of the buildings and some of the histories just to actually now go by and be like, that building's this and that used to be. It, it means I love little histories. And I think you and I share kind of a uh, Los Angeles then and now kind of affinity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of fun. So, yeah, we get to go to the Viper Room, which I, in all my years, I, I, I've almost been there a few times for shows. I've been to a lot of the other clubs over the years, but I'd never been foot, uh, stepped foot inside that one. Uh, so we got to do it. And what was cool about it is the comics have performed there. Sam Tripoli taped a special there, I do believe, among others. But uh, right before we were getting ready to go do this live stream, the the manager, Tommy, who's been there like 16 years, uh, he goes, hey, uh, you guys are making history. This is the first ever comedy live stream from the Viper Room. And, you know, Johnny Cash has been on that stage. Tom Petty. <laughs> the Cat Dolls have been on that stage for a long time. So we just kind of, it was just a cool little 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 fun thing to be a part of. The AC was out. And <laughs> talking about coping, uh, I mean, I don't even know the temperature. Because it just, I mean, it literally at one point we got there pretty early in the day to set up. And, and there was no, you know, it was just no audience. It was just crew, comics, and and three um, guys from the um, Viper Room himself. And then uh, uh, Grace and then Amanda, Josh McCuga's wife, who is pregnant, 16 weeks pregnant. And you, we would have to step outside into the 115 degree heat to cool down. Oh, uh, wow. And we just all, but, you know, we all embraced it. It was all like, I just kept yelling, this is a rock club. I don't, if I'm not sweating, 
I'm not, I don't feel like I'm in a rock club. And, and you got Amanda there, 16 weeks pregnant, who didn't say a word, just just sat there, you know, dealing with it. We're like, we're going to follow her lead and just make make do. Uh, be mindful of, of the living force. Your focus determines your reality. All those things uh, you want to say, uh, the Qui-Gon would tell you about the Viper Room. Uh, it was a fun experience, and it did kind of wipe me out. Sunday was a day in which I could not do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I assumed. I assumed mm-hmm. that that would be a, a long, hard haul. But uh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Viper Room, obviously, super historic place. Totally understandable. It was hot in there because rock uh, clubs are not known for their ventilation, of all things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so so it was obviously you had a you had that's a critical mass between you and uh, between all the comics, the people working at the Viper Room, uh, your significant others. Yeah. So you were able to hear actual laughs uh, and then the laughs were broadcast out to the world. Yeah, we did. We we streamed it all live and some other comics, um, uh, Jessica, Michelle Singleton, uh, Justin Marino, Josh Wolf did sets uh, from their houses that were pre-taped, right? And then oh, and, cool. uh, our friend Marzonia did a song that was pre-taped. Uh, Jeff Scott from the Comedy Store recorded a little uh, organ bit. To, so it felt like it was a show at the Comedy Store for Alice. But yeah, we were there live and it was, you know, I'm, I, I'm notorious for making really deep cut references that are 30 years old. And I made a, a joke about Ollie North and the Iran Contra affair and the guy in the booth who's in his late fifties was the only one laughing and I'll take, <laughs> and I'll take it just, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, just a great experience. Yeah. We, I mean, we spent all day there and it, it just was, uh, it was a good, it was my first foray, foray out into society, you know, in, take, in terms of taking a lift, um, going to a, a venue, uh, you know, afterwards we stopped by the comedy store for a socially distant drink and there was a lot of folks there. Did, I did feel safe. I've been very cautious about, like very, very cautious about uh, how, how I want to go out into the world again. Uh, just that's a personal choice for me and, and Grace. So we're, we're kind of in and sync on that, but we both felt really good. It just, it just did, it did feel nice to have a sense of normalcy as, as, as weird as the normalcy was, it was, it felt good. Yeah, no, no, it obviously everybody wants to get back to being around other human beings. And, you know, it's nice to uh, drink and laugh and be near other human beings, uh, even if you're all outside and mostly wearing masks. <laughs> yeah. When you're, ta- when you're taking your mask on and off to sip a whiskey, it's still, it's still whiskey. <laughs> it's still good. Uh, so that was it. And other than that, no star, no real Star Wars adventures other than any Force Center work because, oh man, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two came out, the re-release, and <laughs> you and I talk about nostalgia baked into Star Wars. That was an uh, unbelievable tidal wave of nostalgia that just just swept me out into uh, the far recesses of uh, recesses of my fun nostalgic mind. I, uh, is what I'm trying to say. I sat on the couch and just skateboarded all weekend oh man that's so great yeah no and i i will warn you ahead of time i I never did uh got into tony hawk but if like they ever release like a good actual just re-release of goldeneye n64 um i will be gone for the week and you will have to do all the four center work <laughs> yeah they need because i remember a number of years ago maybe gosh we might be in the 10-year range they did a re-release for the playstation 3 which i had and i was like you i mean goldeneye is one of the all-time greats i know you're a bond fan uh, and this was redone and it had like Daniel Craig kind of over the Pierce Brosnan stuff. which was Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nobody's done. I mean, I know if you were like uh, hardcore, you can find ports and all that, but I'm just not that level. I, I just need, I need an actual corporation to release it. And then I need to give them, you know, straightforward money. I, I can't be hacking or coding or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you. Too. I, I played it. I was so excited. It didn't quite work. So I'm with you. That's the new campaign. Release yeah. Goldeneye. Re-release Goldeneye. 
as is, as was. Uh, it's, it's a complicated legal thing. I know, I know. I've read all the articles, everybody. But anyway, anyway, great adventures. And you looked great. Uh, the photos at Viper Room, your jacket looked great. Uh, yeah, the, the three of you up there looked like a modern day rat pack in a great way. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it was that was an old, uh, you know, the mob spot too back in the day. So it was a lot of fun <laughs> to reconnect with that. No ghost experiences there. We didn't feel anything weird. All right, so, <laughs> the ghost is afraid of coronavirus. So with that, we are going to go into the news, Joseph. And look, I think for the last couple of weeks. Every time you and I kind of mentally think and plan that this is uh, the week we're going to have to not have to like it's a chore, but have to out of love dive into the Mandalorian trailer. And yes, that's that's kind of the lead story. Still no trailer. A lot of people have thoughts and opinions and grumblings about that. I, I think here at Force Center, certainly don't, I don't want to speak for Joseph or Jennifer, that uh, we're OK. Just waiting to where, where it shows up. But Joseph, do you have some sort of uh, are you kind of like like me where you're like, I'm waiting, but I'm surprised I'm still waiting. Um, no, I, I think when it drops, all of this debate about when it should have dropped will disappear and people will just focus on the content. Um, we got a great question coming up later about trailers and kind of are they necessary and all that. Um, but I think for me too, I think I'll be excited to analyze the content whenever we get to see the content and enjoy the content. Uh, but I'm also more curious about like, when do they drop it and why? And I'm kind of fascinated with that uh, side of it. And I think if they haven't released it yet, they have their reasons and their strategies. And it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see if it becomes more clear why they're waiting so long when they choose to release it. Yeah, look, that uh, I'm, not, I'm not an expert on this. And I know some people who are, and I have not communicated with them about it. But I, I got to mention, too, in, in all their metrics and knowing when, the fact that it's on a streaming service and subscriptions and, and resubscribers mm -hmm. is a factor. Uh, I got, there's got to be a window of the right time to get really, really get people really hyped for that. And well, Joseph, we know officially, although in, my, in the back of my mind, I thought we already knew this, but this is one of the things that just, you know, the, the guesses and the predictions and the thoughts uh, and the, the, the general news can sometimes just kind of morph into what you thought you knew. But we now know the date of Mandalorian season two. Yep. Not quite the news many wanted, but we now know that October 30th, it's a Halloween trick or treat. That will be the start of season two. Joseph, what costume are you going to wear on your couch to watch this? <laughs> I think uh, I will probably wear my sweatpants with the picture of the child on them and a whiskey. That will be my cosplay. That is perfect. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, very excited uh, for the start of it, obviously. Uh, what's your cosplay? My cosplay, well, I do have a very supersized Baby Yoda coffee mug now. I mean, it's one of those, you know, a half a coffee pot full of uh, you know space in there. So I'll pour that. I'll, I'll make that maybe some whiskey as well. And then, uh, yeah, and get ready. And, and, and really... October 30th, doing a quick check of the calendar. When, when, when I did not, uh, so that is a Friday night. So that really means we got to assume Thursday night, the 29th, right. you'll be camped on that couch. Yeah, so this is sounding like it's going to be similar to season one, that like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's officially that, but for me, it's it's Thursday night, stay up until midnight here on the West Coast and and wait for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm what did you react to this actual date of October 30th? Like I, I love the Mandalorian. I cannot wait for Mandalorian season two. Uh, but I admit I, that date was, I, I had some questions about. 
Um, I'm curious about your questions. I, I, I other than we, we had November, it's roughly around the same time of season one I, I get, but November and then because of December, which we're going to talk about in a second of Star Wars in December and kind of that time frame of being Star Wars the last five years, I going earlier in the fall and, and you know, I, I, I thought of pumpkins, not turkey uh, when, I, <laughs> when I saw the release date. You know, uh, you know, I'm excited, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about your questions. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably close to uh, the beginning of November to drive, you know, subscriptions for people who had annual subscriptions, you know, started last year on what, November 11th. Uh, so maybe there's there is some uh, thought of that. But I just wish, uh, you know, I honestly wish it started a week or two earlier because mm. uh, Star Wars, sadly, does not exist in a vacuum. Sometimes I just want to put blinders on and just, you know, have a VR hat that's just Star Wars and nothing else. But, you know, that's going to be a really different Halloween. Halloween is on a Saturday. Uh, you know, this year, and that is a time where obviously people really want to go have parties, but with the virus, there's a lot of discussion mm -hmm. around that. Uh, we're heading into the election and, you know, not getting into any of the actual politics of it at all. This is going to be a really weird election, you know, uh, mm -hmm. for many, many different reasons that I think is going to really just, um, there's going to be a lot of conversation. This is not a standard election from yeah. any perspective of history. Uh, mm -hmm. so there's a part of me is like, I, I really, I love Star Wars so much. I love it when fans can just get really excited about something, celebrate something. Mandalorian so far has been something that's been so celebrated. So there's a part of me that was like, move it a little bit away from Halloween and the most, uh, controversial and potentially mm -hmm. just like abnormal <laughs> election we've had in my lifetime, right. maybe a little bit farther away from those two events. So we can focus on Star Wars. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Your days, your days out from that uh, election day, which we know it's not just going to be the talk of that election. It's not just going to be contained to that Tuesday. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You're you're right. I, you know, there might be no perfect time to go, but now I see your point. I see what you're. You maybe even either after or or before, uh, but it's right there. It's right there. So we'll have to spin our heads around real fast. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting. It'll be a nice Mandalorian oasis from uh, the noise of uh, a lot of important real world stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, hey, Star Wars can still be that oasis. I do want to discuss this, though, Joseph. We are here. October 30th is around that corner uh, inside two months. So this is what, what we've kind of had bigger discussions about. Um you know, a little Star Wars audio think piece uh, train of thought in the past of of no movie. And we, we get Star Wars for a while is going to be based around TV. But we're actually here. This is it. Star Wars fandom is officially led by a TV show uh, starting October 30th for the foreseeable future. So any changes in your thoughts on that? Or is it just kind of surreal to think? I personally am having that like, oh, I've t I was totally prepared for this. But it is kind of weird. This will be the way <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm very excited about it. I think because in general, Mandalorian first season really recaptured, I think, a lot of um, people's enthusiasm uh, for Star Wars, where, you know, there are those of us who really, really enjoyed the different movies uh, and obviously people who didn't. But that means that then almost every mention of Star Wars is a real debate, whereas it was so great to be in that window uh, with the first season of Mandalorian, those of those who had immediate access to it, where it was kind of nothing but let's share what part we liked and which character we liked. And let's have a meme that's about celebrating it rather than, you know, tearing it down in any way. 
So I feel like since the Mandalorian started from such a place of uh, celebration, I'm really hoping that that spirit continues into season two and that it will maybe uh, heal some wounds of uh, kind of a rough discourse if people are continuing to really enjoy Mandalorian season two. And that's kind of, you know, the main focus of Star Wars. I think, you know, Mando and Galaxy's Edge, they've done so much to support Galaxy's Edge. If, you know, those are kind of the the two pillars of Star Wars for a little while, uh, it might be great. Some great points there. Um, I, you, you know, you, you and I love episode nine and we love the experience of the sequel, sequel trilogy. And I, and I love that. And I love everyone who's on that journey with us. I know that's not the case for everyone. And it's not just, um, you know, internet trolls or anything that have those opinions. Some real, real thoughtful Star Wars fans weren't as moved by the the last movie or so, or all the movies in some cases, but they were by The Mandalorian. And I, I do want to stop and just kind of acknowledge that and just celebrate that fact that, hey, look, you know, Joseph, you, you early on were talking about the Star Wars buffet and what do you want today and what are the choices uh, that, that are out there for us as Star Wars fans. I, I think for Mandalorian to maybe have its time in the sun by itself, a little less contrast and compare, uh, which I admit I let myself kind of get some of the joy taken away because I felt Mandalorian was being used against people's joy of nine or experiences around nine. We won't have that. And I'm going to sit in and just kind of enjoy it with everyone else. And if there can be a uni- unified front of joy, I, I mixed in with Galaxy's Edge too, and, and, a, and going down and getting a, a blue milk in real life when we can. I, I, I'm with you, Joseph. I think that's a great point. Just to swim in the joy. Yeah, yeah, and that's my hope because I think there's also the possibility that now that Mandalorian season one came out, and now people have a lot of hopes, opinions, predictions. Uh, you know, all sorts of different uh, rumors at different levels of confirmation about you know which classic mm-hmm. characters are going to show up. Uh, that I really also hope that that people retain that joy and it doesn't turn into I'm mad at Mandalorian because I had, you know, predetermined mm-hmm. in my mind. <laughs> this is yeah. how big Ahsoka's role is. This is what she did. You know, this is how Boba Fett might factor in. And I hope that uh, enough of us can stay just kind of open minded to cool. Let's you know, season one was great. Just give me whatever you got. Um, and I think as long as it's not um the uh, the whole season isn't about um, bringing Toro Calican back to life, who <laughs> who people didn't like in the first season. I think we'll be good. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, expectations. That's the big thing. Uh, and speculate responsibly is what we always say here at Force Center for a reason. But that's going to be part of the test. But for right now, October thirtieth is the day that the new journey begins. Season two, Mandalorian hits. Then, all right. Next headline here. Forget Baby Yoda. We've got actual younger Yoda, kind of. Well, I mean, 200 years younger. Uh, 700 or roughly year old Yoda is all set to appear in Daniel Jose Older's IDW High Republic Adventures comic series coming out, part of the High Republic publishing line as we enter in this new era. Uh, Older describes him as a, quote, journeyman out in the galaxy, doing what he does best, quote, looking out for the young folks. So let's start there, Joseph. He's back. We'll talk about his, his how he looks, at least in concept art. But what do you think about that description? And, and Yoda, he, we, we kind of know him, but now for sure we got him. I must have missed uh, where there was any hint that he would be there. Because I remember the last time we were talking about this, I was concerned that they would kind of ignore him. Uh, because, you know, th- there's a lot of 
you know, push and pull in Star Wars about we want new. And this was really, hey, we're going to a brand new part of the timeline. We're going to have mm-hmm. different kind of Jedi. And I was really afraid they'd be like, Yoda went on a retreat. Or did you know his species like Odin do the Yoda sleep? And he's like, I was really afraid yeah. that they were going to just kind of sideline Yoda. Uh, so just seeing the full confirmation of Yoda, and I guess I missed the partial confirmation. Uh, I this is some of my most exciting Star Wars news for me personally in a long time because I'm really excited to see him there. Uh, mm. Big picture, the journeyman mm. out in the galaxy doing what he loves best, looking out for the young folks. I absolutely love it uh, because when you really kind of look at a lot of Yoda's stories in the movies and in Clone Wars, uh, you know, there's this part of Yoda where he does get he gets weighed down and he gets uh, very serious and he gets worried and maybe a little bit crusty and stuck in his ways. But it seems like Yoda at his best is full of empathy and loves uh, to laugh and to try to like see things as beautiful, see things, things in a new light. And, you know, it makes so much sense that, you know, the scenes where he's with young Padawans in uh, like the gathering Mm -hmm. or the great scene in attack, the clones of, you know, you know how wonderful the mind of a child is that he is the kind of person who, who just like gets refreshed by, Remember when, you know, you're young and everything around you is new and exciting and your mind is really flexible. That's who Yoda wants to be. And then it makes it even funnier when he's like, Anakin, too old. Luke, too old. (laughs) I don't like old kids. I like those young kids with flexible (laughs) minds, you know? Uh, Yeah, I I think uh, I mean, I'm in on this description and we're going to get maybe hopefully some more Liam the Shades moments. Right. Uh, But just (laughs) Uh, and as far as the as far as the room, I I only remember and I couldn't f- pull it out. I couldn't even know. I, I wouldn't even know where to go pull it out uh, right now. But there was just some reference to, yes, Yoda's there. He'll f- something will happen later. Um, yes, but, you're right. I remember right. that now. Yeah, but 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 you, we, there was no indication of when, which is why I'm surprised he's shown up uh, at all right now. But it, but it makes sense. Based on uh, Daniel Jose Older's description of him and and the vibe, and syncing up to what you're just talking about, Joseph, this is a different era. The uh, you know, 200 years prior, there's still a lot of exploration, galaxy kind of being established, maybe in some parts. But the Jedi Order's going strong, and I love to think that Yoda is protective and aware of the legacy of the Jedi Order and the future of it and mm-hmm. making sure its future is secure, and that would be his focus during these times. He doesn't need to go be a warrior. Maybe 300 years prior, he was more involved in settling disputes, and I'm sure he'd be uh, involved with that now, and if that happens in these stories, I know they're not going to just be pages upon pages of him sitting down giving lessons. There will be action. Totally aware of that. But the spirit of Yoda 200 years ago, wh- what you're uh, kind of uh, talking about here, Joseph, I- I'm excited about that and learning more about him making sure the Jedi order grows in the right way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the story seems to be, I I just love this. Yoda seems to be, I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but seems to be chaperoning a group of Padawans on as Jose, uh, Daniel Jose older calls it a force study abroad program. (laughs) (laughs) I have fond memories of many field trips in school. I didn't study abroad, but I do enjoy pack up, uh, a lunch, get on the bus. We're heading out to uh, a mission or uh, my hometown. I got to go tour a, a power plant for a field trip. Uh, <laughs> uh, imagining a chaperone uh, and Yoda having all the chaperone problems, you know? Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, the the kid who wanders off. Yeah. <laughs> Two kids yeah. were fighting with each other. Yeah, kid not listening. That yeah, uh, yeah. so that could be fun there. Um, let's let's Yanking talk on about... each other's Padawan braids. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Liam the braids. <laughs> There's generations of Liams in the Star Wars uh, Jedi Order galaxy. Uh, let's talk about the look. We got some concept art, and there. If you go to the StarWars.com article there's a little bit more information of of how they put together this version of yoda uh concept artist ian mckeg was uh, brought in to help design the younger looking yoda you know it's 200 years but it's 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 younger and and uh, others helped finish the look so what do you think about the look including the outfit joseph uh, I, I gotta think you enjoy those gold robes oh yeah no i love the look i really like the choice to only make him look a tiny bit uh you know younger i i'm so happy it's not just like oh here he is and is like you know 1940s movie star prime like you know i don't want to see like you know <laughs> super handsome smooth Cary grant yoda you know like a mustache like a little wispy uh a uh, 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 gable mustache gable. okay yeah now you sold me now you sold me no i kind of want it to be that the <laughs> that this species of yoda the child and yaddle that you know they are really really young until they're 100 and then when they turn 100 they're just now like 87 years old just like earth 87 like they immediately there's no in between wispy hair all of it Yep, yep. So I think the the aging looks great. The gold robes were really affecting uh, to me. I think the gold robes because Yoda, uh, I think especially since you know, in the chronology of the real world, we first meet him in Empire Strikes Back, where everything has that total vibe of simplicity. You know, be close to nature, be close to the organic. You are making your own food in these like rough, you know, natural looking bowls. You <laughs> live in a tree, <laughs> a tree cave, you know, that there's so much about it that's absolutely back to basics. And then the Jedi Temple itself is obviously ornate, but there's still that great simplicity in the way the Jedi dress and the colors and the way they live, that that gold is such a contrast to Yoda. I mean, there was a contrast to see any Jedi dressed with this sort of acknowledgement of higher society, you know, or, or being sort of, you know, ornate, uh, even though the temple obviously has that, I know, and that's where some of the designs come from. Extra mm -hmm. big contrast to see Yoda dress like that and to see the philosophy that will come from it. Like, why does Yoda feel comfortable in that gold? Why do they move on from that gold? All that stuff excited me. Uh, yeah, you, we're right there at the, at the same spot because uh, humble Jedi, I still think that's part of it. But everything we've seen so far with the designs just just kind of speak of uh, having a little bit a little bit of flair, a little flair for the gold here from Yoda and how they'll how that they'll be able to reconcile that with with the heart of the Jedi Order. And does that change? Are we going to learn any more of that? Or is this just kind of, hey, this is the way we look at over time? Uh, it, it just kind of morphed, uh, you know, I always think, I always think of Anakin, uh, just going a little bit different, right? Yeah. It's, it's designed to hint at darkness or whatever you want to say. But I mean, at some point in, in the story, Anakin was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going a little different direction. Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And maybe he's able to point to some of this. Cause I would, you know, it, all the stuff we, wonderful stuff we did get about Dooku and Jedi lost and everything. I, I wouldn't mind, uh, Dooku just kind of being like, no, 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 I'm still a count. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I still need a higher thread count. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and does, uh, is anything that happens to, 
Toyota, you know, does he have a, a luxury uh, item in his uh, in his in his hut in his uh, Jedi Temple, uh, you know, quarters that he enjoys? <laughs> and that uh, you know, years later, we know he maybe he he he's glad he chose to go back to a more humble way, or maybe he's sitting on Dagobah going, "Gosh, I I, I miss my uh, I miss my hot plate." Uh, I don't know, but I I I have all these thoughts inspired by just seeing some gold trim on a robe, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's so great. Uh, it, all that storytelling potential was there with the other Jedi that we've seen, but it just really drives it home to see Yoda in those gold robes. Final thought on this here, we did touch upon it a little bit, and, and your excitement for Yoda showing up is 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 just contagious, quite frankly, and, and we do love Yoda here at Force Center. Uh, but for, to go from he's coming in later to now, and knowing that this is a new era, but not, you know, not so long ago that some of these... Uh, planets and 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 maybe even more characters could factor in in some way uh what does it what does it mean to the high republic era to have yoda there joseph yeah well i think for me it it makes it uh, this great star wars new and old balance there's obviously a ton of new in the high republic it's the jedi are in a different place the galaxy is in a different place we're being introduced to all sorts of new characters there's just a ton of new and that's great uh, but then we have the the kind of the weight of the story we already know that is coming in the future. And it's weird to say we've got the future, which in this scenario is the old. Um, but we do have the weight of the future. And if this as soon as you include a character like Yoda, your mind starts going to it. So what I'm really interested in and what I'd really like to see is Yoda enjoying the Jedi Order basically working pretty well mm. and getting a picture of. Honestly, a little bit more. I go on about justice for the Jedi, and but this is like you know, uh, empathy, sympathy for Yoda in the prequel era when he is making mistakes. That mm-hmm. this might be a great opportunity to see in Yoda's mind what is he clinging to. You know, in the prequel era, is he thinking we're, we're going through a really rough patch? Uh, we've got this prophecy. Dark side seems to be growing. The Sith have returned, but he has such faith that they'll make it through that dark period to get back to a period like the High Republic, like the one we're in, going to get to see him in. I, you know, I guess the the short way of saying it, now that I've said it the long way, is just I'm excited to see Yoda living in the good times of the Jedi so you can imagine him going, we're going to get back to it. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and analyzing what the good times really were. You know, and I, I want it to be mostly good. I don't want to have a ton of need for you you and i to uh really ramp up the justice for the jedi campaign <laughs> close to your heart joseph i i do want to see it functioning really well and that this is how the jedi deal with challenges that are on the outside and not all internal but yeah to see that you know i don't think yoda's wrong um so i'm not saying this is a direct comparison but you know hey uh i you know in my day we used to do this type of t- talk and then you go back to that and uh, yeah there were some good things but maybe a lot more bad than anyone cared to let on about um so i don't know that you could go that way but i i i, I like the just dancing in the golden era of the jedi is is something that i would love to see yoda get to experience you're right yeah, yeah. And then the last thing I, I will say uh, to contain myself is it's also important to remember what part of the storytelling Yoda is actually in, which uh, Daniel has a older, great writer, I think has a great sense of humor. So I think that part of Yoda will come out. But this is the IDW High Republic Adventures series. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like you can't do a ton of deep thoughts, but those are lean, fast, action oriented 
comic books that are for you know readers of all ages so uh this i just want to you know check myself when like what the philosophy of yoda will definitely get it but we'll get it in short bursts of word balloons not you know this isn't an 800 page novel (laughs) going into yoda's head about his personal jedi philosophy right yeah yeah the gold robes of yoda inside look at the jedi at the center of it all yes (laughs) we'll do that yeah no great point actually very talk we talk about expectations and speculating responsibly that's also an important point there. And, and final little note here, adding this one here on the fly, Joseph. Looking at that design, it's it's an art piece. It's concept art. I definitely need that figure. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Man. Uh, yeah, I, I would borderline start thinking of uh, asking a custom figure maker to make that one. <laughs> absolutely. Speaking of figures, final headline of the day. Empire at 40 Funko Pops. That's right. We are in the year of the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back and Funko, uh, you know, still going strong. They have uh, released or at least announced some releases of uh, Funko Pops honoring the Empire Strikes Back. Here's what we have. Han slicing open a tauntaun. <laughs> Chewie covered in a little snow, screaming at a probot. A probot? A Wampa with a bone and Leia at the command center. These are solid. Uh, any, anyone, any one or anything that you would still want in this collection, Joseph? You mean uh, besides what's been listed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, They said. I think the article said that there's still one more to reveal, so I had that fun guessing game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is what they would release, but the one I would want is I would want, uh, you know, a Force Spirit Obi-Wan in the snow, uh, with collapsed, wounded Funko Pop Luke reaching out to him. <laughs> Bloody Luke. Okay. I like that. I like that. I, have they done a Yoda uh, in the backpack? I think I, uh, I think I they know. have, but this is also Hoth-based. So I think they got one more yeah. in the Hoth series, and Hoth they don't series. have a Luke. So I think that there's got to be some kind of Hoth-Luke action going on here. Good point. Um, then definitely... I definitely think we we need just uh, General Rykan grimacing at Han's <laughs> leaving. <laughs> Hate to lose you, Solo. We need that Funko Pop. <laughs> Lovely. Why do we we talk about this when we rank our figures over on Star Wars Rank? Why do we just love just specific Star Wars scenes and moments in our Star Wars toys and collectibles? What what's that? What's that pool, Joseph? Come on, Dr. Scrimshaw. Tell me why I love the chewy covered in snow screaming at a probot so much. Well, I think we, you know, we talk about our love of action figures has this very uh, deep fundamental uh, human psychology where it, when a thing physically exists, it, there is a power to making the idea, the concept into just a physical object. And that obviously happens when you just, hey, it's 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 Hoth Leia. And that's the idea of Hoth Leia. Once you have the idea, the image of Hoth Leia also staring at the command screen, that becomes a different idea that we're celebrating, right? You and I have both talked recently a lot about liking that intensity of Leia in that scene in Empire Strikes Back where she is not willing to leave the command center. It is one of the times where we get to really truly see her as a leader of the rebellion. And suddenly that this Funko Pop is that idea. It's not just the general idea of Hoth Leia, which can branch out to meaning lots of different things. It's mm-hmm. that specific idea uh, and that specific emotion that is now physical and real and we can hold it. Yeah, we just react to those things and it's something that, I, I, you know, 
on a playground in, in the eighties, I might've thought I was the only person moved by that specific moment or that reference. And then later in life, you start connecting. Did you love when Chewie had little sprinkles of snow on him? Oh, I love that too. Wow. I thought it was the only one. And, and, and the connective threads grow stronger. I did just think of another one. I want Veers staring down at a little uh, Darth Vader hologram. Oh yeah. We love our, our action figures and Funko pops with holograms. Cause so why not? Uh, yeah. I also just think that, you know, that great Star Trek Next Generation episode uh, where uh, Picard encounters the alien whose culture communicates in shared storytelling, you know, Darmok mm-hmm. and Jalad at Tanagra. Uh, I think we are getting closer to that in society, you know, like with things like gifts or with things like movie scenes. They're encapsulations mm-hmm. of little ideas. We're getting to that point where we are using little bits of storytelling as a language because we all kind of know what they mean and you can almost you you could almost have a cultural conversation and work something out with if you weren't allowed to speak and had access to like 50 funko pops (laughs) yes centuries from now they'll look back they they spoke with plastic large-headed toys their language is the bobblehead language of the humans of the mid-21st century so look for those soon and look for uh, maybe other uh, parts of uh, Empire Strikes Back celebrated in Funko as well. So uh, we are done with the news. Before we do, we want to do what we always do. Have an audiobook recommendation, an audiobook you can try out on us. And Joseph, what do we have? We are recommending the same book we've been recommending uh, for the last couple of weeks uh, because we will be getting to uh, discussing it soon. And that is Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising by Timothy Zahn. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, we're going to take a quick break, reset, and on the other side, it's your questions here today on Force Center. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Force Center fans, don't forget, Force Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Force Center on YouTube. Check it out. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. We are back here on Force Center. It's the news and cues, and we've reached the cues, Joseph. What do we have today? We have several fine cues, or questions, if you like saying the whole word. 
Uh, we've got questions from social media and from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we're going to go to social media first, uh, Twitter in particular. We have a question from another Star Wars podcast. This is Star Wars colon in a galaxy podcast. And uh, they ask, what is your favorite it's like poetry parallel moment between movies and television shows? Uh, this is a really interesting question. Obviously, uh, Lucas's uh, famous it's like poetry, it rhymes uh, question or, or, or quote is something that he was talking about in terms of the actual films that uh, he was working on. But as Star Wars expands into all sorts of different animated and live action shows, there are still moments of it's like poetry and sometimes hell it is poetry it does rhyme so specifically between the movies and television shows ken what has jumped out at you i mean i was gonna immediately go to some of the mandalorian stuff and it's more i don't know it's not it's more of a song lyric than a poem uh poem <laughs> uh no which is even even episode five which is it's not my favorite of the mandalorian series i've said many many times before so i can just not really worry about that anymore you all know my opinions on it but it's got great stuff uh, and and the Tatooine shots, to me, some just work in, hey, remember that. But th- there is a the next stanza of the poem of seeing how maybe empty the city is, seeing a droid, uh, you know, a, a, a droid we're familiar with running the cantina, to see that kind of stuff and see where the galaxy's moved on just on a surface level. There's deeper emotion, emotional things, and that's probably more um, where this question's going. But I, I just, that that was effective for me, that particular sequence and some of the stuff in there to start yeah no i agree with you i wrote down a couple of thoughts but one of the ones i was surprised that that came to me was the poetry of from solo to calican toro calican the uh, character that a lot of people didn't uh, enjoy in the mandalorian but i really liked him because i felt like he was meant to uh rhyme with han solo obviously that location uh that makes that direct connection to him that bounty hunter and here, here is uh, Toro Calican. It's kind of everything that Han kind of pretends to be, but isn't. Like he is. He does not have a heart of gold, and he doesn't actually have the skills to back up the bravado. So I think he's this great, uh, you know, dark mirror image of Han Solo, and it makes me like him. Yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely like the concept of the character. That's what passes for a sick burn here on Four Center. <laughs> the passive-aggressive, well, I definitely liked the concept of the character. The concept of the character, yeah. No, I talk about that episode a lot, but even the Tusken Raider scene is uh, is poetry in its own way. It, it's, it, it, it rhymes in a different way to me. Um, does it count? Does it count? I know this question, Joseph, is between movies and TV shows, but rhyming within within the own show uh, in our Clone Wars rewatch, just being reminded something we did discuss when we were breaking down season seven, but just looking at clone at the Clone Wars movie where it starts on Christophsis, the battle, the bridge, and then seeing that kind of come back into play again in season seven as it started for us, the viewer. I, I thought there was some bittersweet and beautiful poetry and a good play on some themes there too. Absolutely. There's some great uh, similarities there. And I think that is one of those moments where Filoni has, you know, trained with Lucas. uh, And really, I think Filoni is a deep believer in a lot of the ideas that Lucas had. And and the fact that uh, Filoni wants to continue these traditions of rhyming, that it it reminds you that the the rhyme thing, while a lot of people have poked fun at it, and I understand uh, that it's a part of the idea of Star Wars is Star Wars spans a long time and these 
uh, beats are going to happen uh, again. That Star Wars does have this philosophy of kind of things moving in cycles, and that there are very similar events happen in at very different moments or for very very different motivations or to very different people. And I like that Filoni uh, continue that even within the Clone Wars itself. Um, for me, mm-hmm. a couple of the specific uh, movies, TV shows. Another one that jumped out at me, uh, just I guess I think I just feel it emotionally is. There's a lot of poetry of Ahsoka walking away from Anakin that that is poetry within the animated series. But Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order uh, and Anakin staring after her just emotionally feels very similar to it's a quick shot. But in Last Jedi, uh, when Rey leaves Octo and there's that great shot of the Falcon taking off and, you know, Luke is watching. Uh, in the corner and it's two moments of uh, students who are maybe a little bit more in in tune with what is the right way forward for the Jedi walking away from their Skywalker masters who are feeling sad. (laughs) (laughs) That Skywalker trade of. (laughs) Exactly. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Good. Yeah. There's, there's a lot there. And yeah, you talk, you talk about people making fun of it. I, I love poking fun of the idea in terms of like, celebrating it you you know we talk often about star wars because it's big enough for for a little joke at it at at its expense from time to time but i i don't want ever want that i don't ever want that joke to to overshadow i think the importance and and star wars speaking to itself uh is 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 part of that connective thread we all love and connect yeah yeah absolutely um last one for me is uh the poetry between the first battle between obi-wan and maul and the last battle between obi-wan and maul in rebels Mm -hmm. there's a lot there that's uh very very specific but it does it shows how much obi-wan has changed and it shows how much maul has not and i think that one's really beautiful any more for you uh Nothing off the top of my head because i i I just (laughs) i'm so glad you mentioned that one while I was jotting down some notes earlier, I went, is there anything in Rebels? I can't remember. Nah, nah, <laughs> nothing jumped out of my <laughs> It's literally one of my favorite moments. This is one of those questions. This is why I love it. This is an advertisement for the Clone Wars uh, rewatch we're, re- we're doing on the Clone Wars report because the Clone Wars overwhelms me at, time, at times. Yeah. The Clone Wars has so much in it. That I mean, you and I just went over some of the. There's some direct callbacks in the malevolence line of 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 uh, you worry about those towers. Those kind of like just specific references. I wouldn't necessarily say poetry, but they're all there, and 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 it just it it just crushes my soul in a good way. It was like there's too many choices. No, so that's and and then then that one slips through, which is literally one that I will talk to strangers about. Yeah, no, I mean, enjoying Star Wars as much as you and I do, watching it, listening, reading, uh, and discussing it as much as we do, it is, the amount of content is starting to get to be like, Mm -hmm. should we... We should have honorary degrees from somewhere, right? And (laughs) and I don't say this uh, about just us, I mean... Yeah, so many people. I'm sure Star Wars and a Galaxy podcasters. Everybody who spends this much time discussing it uh, and studying it, like the volume of content is getting to that point of like, yeah. I could have learned all of Roman history, right? <laughs> it's I just say, a lot. Yeah. I I know the history of Westeros more now than I probably do the history of the uh, United States, and I studied the history of the United States. It's always been a thing of mine, you know. Like it's just yeah. it, it took over about five years ago when this was. Oh, pop culture can be a thing. Oh, I'm diving in, so I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Which is also factors in why I do get grumpy sometimes with a weird comment online or in a live chat where someone wants to 
throw some Star Wars insight at me that is just the equivalent of a of a fly uh, smacking a windshield. What I'm like, I, I I literally talk about this hours every week and study. <laughs> I literally do it. So yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll do that, Joseph. We'll figure out a way to get degrees in this, and then my parents will be happy. Finally. Yeah, and there'll be many, many degrees uh, handed out because I know a ton of people spend a lot of quality time with Star Wars. And I think the depth of it in the richness of it is one of the things that is rewarding. And I think that's why the poetry becomes rewarding, because it, it really does make this big galaxy feel even more real that it goes through cycles and little moments repeat. Uh, and with that, we're going to move on to our next question from Ernesto on Twitter. Ernesto asks, what are some of your favorite non-novel Star Wars publications? Mine would be the Incredible Cross-Section books and the Venerable Star Wars Encyclopedia. What you got, Ken? Definitely, look, uh, the Star Wars Archives book, it's it's one that's way too expensive and way too heavy. And I'm fortunate enough to have the first one. I know the prequel one is coming out. I also know they just re-released a smaller, uh, more affordable version. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have it. Um, I also use it to... Um, squish my tofu to drain it that's how heavy the book is uh, it's nice and big and flat and wide um no it, it's just one of those you, you poke through and you find something new every time and you can't uh, talk about being overwhelmed you can't possibly take it all in at once there so there's that one there but i also love um there's a bigger book i have it's 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 the size of those those kind of uh visual dictionary encyclopedia ones it, it it's all of the figures up to I forget what year it is. I do oh, believe. Oh yeah, but it's it's like a sand sweet one. It's a Steve Sansweet book, and it just has just photos after photos after photos of figures, all eras, descriptions, information, and for a you know a Star Wars kid of the eighties uh, dancing in the glory days of Kenner, like that that has a lot of importance to me, and and it's just comforting to slide through and just and that you see figures that you know you and I have talked about on rank that we never had in our hands or we never even mm-hmm. really saw on the walls. But also you see ones where you're like, God, I remember when I had that one and, and the joy it brought me. So I'll, I'll say that one as well. Yeah, that's great. Uh, there are a lot of really great options. The big one that uh, jumps out for me for a non-novel uh, Star Wars book is the relatively recent uh, Secrets of the Jedi came out. Uh, I believe Insight Editions as a publisher came out right before uh, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, when there were some sample pages, we did a whole episode on just a couple of the sample pages because it's got some great stuff about uh, force powers and uh, Luke mentioning that he has communed with the spirit of his father, Anakin. Um, and then there was so much going on when the book actually came out, we didn't uh, get to dedicate a full episode to it. So I want to highlight it and celebrate it whenever I can. It's, it is this great combination of, you know, it's a non-novel book, but it is written from the perspective of Luke kind of jotting down everything he knows. Um, I think it's, you know, canon loose, but it really is. Hey, Ray just left. Mm. I've just had my conversation with Yoda. I've got a little bit more perspective. I'm kind of forgiving myself for uh, feeling as negative toward the Jedi as I did, but I'm I'm gathering my thoughts. And it's got to really, if you struggle with Luke's character in the sequel trilogy, it's got some just great stuff from Luke's perspective. Uh, it's a fun kind of just encyclopedia of powers and Jedi and weapons. Uh, but it's also just this great mystery book for kids. It's got a bunch of quotes all throughout it in Orabesh. And it's got this little fold out uh, sheet where you can pull out your little Orabesh key. And it, you can have that fun of like a kid with a decoder ring. Like you are unlocking little Jedi secrets. So I just I mm-hmm. adore this book for the content and the the stuff that I can get out of it as a not child <laughs> fan yeah. of Star Wars. But also, like, if I had had that book when I was eight, 
it would have been my whole life. I would have had a hard time paying attention in school because I was just like, I want to get home to that book and decode more Jedi wisdom, you know? hundred mm, percent. Yeah, that's part of the fun. And, and it connects to that time in your life when you you would have wanted this and you had all these thoughts in your head anyway. So absolutely there. I You know, I, I, I do want, I want more of the cross-section books. I do like, I've talked about how I love maps, but I, it's not so much the vehicles, a little bit less it's like the Falcon or the Ghost and I want to see where everyone kind of lays their head or has a snack. I don't know why the, I get obsessed with that. But just like, I know a lot of the cross-section books I've seen of just like Jabba's Palace or... Mustafar, and here's you know, I just like the placement of knowing where things are. It's just silly, but I actually don't own any of the cross section books. So, Ernesto, maybe I will follow you and go down that path. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Maybe we sometime we should just pick an incredible cross section book, uh, and maybe do an episode on it and just uh, how what what kind of discoveries we make about our fandom as we discover yeah. where exactly does Zeb go to the bathroom on the ghost? <laughs> Where's the refresher? <laughs> Where's the Refresher? A great title for an episode. Uh, we're going to move on to our questions from a Patreon. Uh, the first one comes from Daryl Razdahl. And Daryl asks, do you think the oversaturation of live-action Star Wars, including Mandalorian, Cassian Andor, Obi-Wan, and possibly Solo, will diminish the future movies from the billion-dollar range to a more Star Trek 350 to 500 million range? Hmm. This, is, this, is a great, uh, this is a great question. It's a tough question. Yeah, it's kind of uh, let's let's break it up into parts, Ken. First, yeah. um, the the uh, sort of hypothesis that uh, mm-hmm. Daryl's thrown out, which is really interesting. Do you think all the Disney Plus uh, shows are going to lead to oversaturation? Um, Mandalorian, Cassinando, or Obi Wan, possibly Solo, uh, but also we know uh, that Leslie Headland is uh, mm-hmm. uh, coming out with a show that's been confirmed. Do you think that's going to be too much Star Wars? Well, we can make our, our jokes about uh, there's never too much Star Wars. For the general public, that's not always the case. Some would say there's too much already. Uh, you know, I, I've run into some of those people. I, I've, I've muted them now. It's all right. Now, um, so I think there's a chance. I, You and I have talked about I could take a new show every month. Yeah. I, uh, but we're, we're not alone, but we are maybe smaller than we think sometimes. But it's still Star Wars. I look across Marvel. Now, the Marvel... Correct me if I'm wrong. The Disney Plus Marvel shows haven't begun yet, right? No. Okay. Uh, I don't think that's going to necessarily affect anything. Again, also once we get back to normal. But then, ah, what is normal and what are movies going to make going forward? (laughs) Also might be a question. Maybe not superintended for Daryl in this one there. So I'm struggling to say yes or no, Joseph, because it's too, my, my mind is too clouded. I don't think the TV shows will, will lead to a oversaturation. Yeah, I, that's what I lean towards, too, that uh, obviously, you know, you were talking about when we get back to normal. I, you know, we don't know exactly when some of these things are going to start shooting. So it, it could be a longer wait uh, for some of these shows. So they might just be really, really well spread out. Um, but even if they, it is getting to be there gets to be a, a nice rhythm where there's a new uh, six to eight episode, uh, whatever it is, uh, Star Wars show on Disney Plus twice a year. Um I think that obviously there's those fans uh, like us and many of our listeners who are happy for that. That's a that's a nice mm-hmm. <laughs> pace of fresh Star Wars content. But I think what makes Disney Plus so successful is, hey, if you're, you know, an old school fan and you care about Obi-Wan, but you don't really care about Cassian Andor, great. You can watch Obi-Wan if you're kind of a newer fan like Obi-Wan's been there, done that for you. You can just watch Cassian Andor 
And I think that fact that it really is that Star Wars buffet come to life, life of, you know, take what you want, leave what you don't is really different than a movie every year because a movie every year is that like uh, almost literal saturation. Like I remember when the force awakens came out and they really, really uh, put the foot down on the gas on the merchandise. And I was uh, shopping for the holidays with my wife and I saw, I don't know, I think one like a 70 year old man just stop. uh, I believe in the middle of the uh, Americana (laughs) uh, outdoor mall in, uh, in Glendale and just go, I want to just look one damn place and not see Star Wars. <laughs> Even my oranges have a robot on them. <laughs> it really was. And I think there is that contrast, which uh, connects to the second part of Daryl's question between uh, big Star Wars fans like ourselves and, and uh, other podcasts and many listeners mm-hmm. and somebody who's just like, yeah, Star Wars, I see all those. They're they're good movies. They got the lightsabers, right? Um, and the the volume of those butts that you need in seats to make a, a billion dollars is the question. Yeah. And, and, and the industry is going to be changing. And a lot of it comes down to maybe we'll see, I mean, but look what rise of Skywalker did. It still did, still did good business. Solo's the only one that has, has, has had the hit and there's been well-documented things around that, that have nothing to do with the movie, but also things that have to do with the movie and the perception of the movie. Oh, I heard they have problems. Oh, this, and that. I, you know, this don't anyone, anyone take this as an MCU bashing or everything, but I look across at MCU. I don't think you can compare them directly, but people often do. And you look across and just the perception is those are great movies. And I have never had a bad experience in a Marvel movie. I'm, I, I've admitted to not being a superhero fan as a kid growing up. So they don't move me as much as say, even you do uh, get moved by them, Joseph. Yeah. Um, but the, the reputation is, oh, those are great. DC's bad. Uh, and, and and therefore, on an individual basis, it might be hard to separate it for the general public. Star Wars, it has taken, let's not lie, it's, it's taken a hit. It's taken a hit publicly. Uh, you know, you and I post something, uh, announce a, a podcast episode, and one or two people will write a, a, a generic uh, insult about Star Wars that they heard it, it, it somewhere uh, online that has no thought to it or no depth to it, it just because that's just the perception. Right. So I do worry about that, but I don't know if that's directly related to Daryl's question. That could be something different. I still think we're going to be okay, but it's easy for me to say that because I literally wake up every day and go, what Star Wars can I watch? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah. So I think Daryl's question is great of this idea of will the amount of live action television uh, diminish people's excitement? And and I think he's got a point that maybe for hardcore fans who uh, did not enjoy the sequel trilogy as much or wrestled with it, um, or loved Rogue One but didn't like Solo, or on and on, all those variations, maybe those people will not necessarily be as motivated to see a movie if they're like, I got all the Star Wars I need in television. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also just wanted to, to to break apart the second part of Daryl's question and ask you about that a little bit more directly, Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, e- even if the television shows uh, oversaturate or not, uh, let's say they pause the television shows for some horrific reason, uh, This idea of Star Wars success is based on it. Star Wars movies in theaters success is relative to other Star Wars movies success. Um, Solo made a ton of money. It just didn't make Star Wars money. Mm -hmm. Um, It did great compared to, you know, other films. And I know the whole 
they did the reshoot, so the budget was increased and all that. But anyway, y- you know what I'm saying. Exactly what you were saying with MCU. You know, Ant-Man makes, you know, $70 million or whatever it was on the, the I can't even remember if that was opening weekend or total. Ant-Man didn't make an insane amount of money, but nobody expected it to. And so everybody was like, Ant-Man's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so how, do you feel like in our modern era of movie making that Star Wars should be expected to make a billion dollars? Or would you like it if they did? dial back on the budget a little bit and even kind of publicly said this is a little bit of a smaller star wars and uh you know this is our hope is to do around this amount of money and uh would you be happy with building that expectation and then it could be great if they exceeded it or do you think that would be attacked as trying to lower the expectation because they don't think the movie's good (laughs) there there you go there's the rub right yeah i could be okay with this um I always have loved and respect Star Trek as a franchise. I think some great movies are in that series. Uh, I've watched uh, New Generation, Next Generation. Sorry, New Generation is Robotech. Uh, yeah, so I'd be okay with it. But yeah, maybe you just don't care. Maybe you don't care what uh, one negative channel has to say about you lowering publicly lowering your expectations. Maybe you don't care. Um, I, I would still think it would surpass those expectations, but that would be... But it, I don't, it's, it's like, it's like we always say with Solo, like if Solo had, had been released as a Disney Plus series, there would have been less pressure. More people would have felt that they, they could have enjoyed it. We wouldn't have had some of those understandable, but at times frustrating, annoying conversations of, around the quote failure of Solo. So I'd be okay with it. But that last part of your question, Joseph, has me afraid. <laughs> Just think of yeah. that. We need to deal with that a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're so uh, they, they know this one sucks. Uh, they know all the fans hated it and, and and maybe there'd be some truth to that, maybe there wouldn't. I don't know, but it would be it would be frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I just think uh, I hope that when the films come back to the theater that there can be um a, a, an understanding that the the Skywalker saga is kind of its own beast and we're starting fresh and you know, it would be amazing if if it could be a slightly smaller scale, slightly smaller expectation and just say, like, you know, we're we're starting over um, in a in a way. And we don't it's not the Skywalker saga and we don't expect a billion dollars. If there was a way to make that happen, I think that's a little bit more realistic because, you know, you don't have to have everybody love it and it can still be a successful movie. Right. Yeah, I mean, kind of goes back to that joke of like when people say that uh, certain kinds of Star Wars are attempting to pander. Like, Mm -hmm, I just mm -hmm. think it's funny. Like, if you are right now trying to pander to Star Wars fans, like, good luck pandering to 87 different (laughs) subgroups with 87 different priorities and what they think makes a great Star Wars. Yeah. All I know is I would love to make a movie that makes $500 million. Yeah, I know. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. Great question, uh, Daryl. That uh, is so great. We had to answer it two to three different times in different ways. So thank you very much, Daryl. Great uh, thought starter uh, and not a thought finisher there. Those thoughts will continue to come over the years as we figure out what the next TV shows and movies are and how all that works. We're going to move on to our final question from Chris Kiefer. Uh, Chris is asking about something we did touch on a little bit in our discussion of the greatest moments of Finn. Uh, that recent episode of Star Wars ranked, but from a slightly different perspective. So I thought it was really worth discussing here on the main show. Here's what Chris has to say. John Boyega has recently commented how the marketing misled audiences with the tease of him as a new Jedi. I honestly think episode seven 
could have been released without trailers or commercials. Just play the music, show us the logo, give the release date. <laughs> mm-hmm. Production photos, action figures, online articles would be fine, but no footage. I still think it would have been a box office smash. Imagine having gone into the start of a new era in Star Wars completely blank. What say you? Ken, what say you? Um, well, first of all, hi, Chris. I used to do stand-up with Chris. He's one of the smartest comics I knew. He's so smart he got out of it to get a real career. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he's a thoughtful cat, and this this is in line with his thinking. And I, yeah, I would love it. I'd love it now. I'd love, and this isn't a poking any trailer, Mando trailer bears, but I would just love if I didn't see anything of the Mandalorian until the show drops. Yep. I think a lot of us would. Uh, I don't think it's realistic. I, I think Chris knows that too as well. Just like, you know, I, I tell often of running into people at stores who, uh, there's a new Star Wars film, my own father at the end of seven. I think they're leaving it open for more. Yeah, there's a lot of just, uh, you need it there. Um, but I still think it would it would do well. The Mandalorian, it, more people are talking about Mandalorian season two because we haven't seen anything of it. <laughs> and perhaps if we uh, did see something, I mean, numbers probably wouldn't show that to be true, but so what he's saying, uh, I'm on, I'm on board. I remember was it Adam Driver going into eight saying, I wish, I wish you all would see none of this until you saw the movie. Um, I don't, I don't know if that changes. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I love a scientific experiment, Joseph. <laughs> I love two, two fans in a, in a, in a box. And one sees sees everything, the full slate, and the other one sees nothing. And what are their experiences going in? Can we do that test? Has anyone done that test? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there are, you know, different uh, tests about does it really, you know, change your opinion of something to see it, you know, without uh, trailers mm-hmm. or, you know, with no, without knowing the story going in, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think, you know, there's studies and then there's also your own personal experience. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it is great when, you can be truly surprised by a film. I think most people do enjoy that experience. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I would love it. I, you know, I made this joke. Um, I know within MCU, uh, people are um, not always big fans of Age of Ultron. I enjoy Age of Ultron. Josh Sweden's got a lot going on. That's a whole thing. I'm not getting into that right now, but I acknowledge that it's there if one wants to get into it. But I, you know, back then I was, I was really adamant. I, you know, wasn't doing uh, as much uh, pop culture podcasting then. And just like, I just really want, uh, Joss Whedon to say I have made another Avengers film and that's the trailer mm-hmm. for Age of Ultron yeah. uh, that, so that's the thought that I've had for uh, for a while I would love that but I just don't think it, I think in our modern world it's just not it, it just doesn't work right like mm-hmm. I think I, I think you could make trailers in a much more artistic way if you wanted to right you could make them so they're just like super uh, super fast clip so you really can't quite tell the relationship between things or i love any trailer that is not actually a part of the movie but is like building up something that's going to happen in the movie you know two characters talking you know if the trailer for uh force awakens was two characters talking about the myth of luke skywalker right you know mm-hmm. or the trailer was you know uh, king prana going where are my wrath <laughs> uh maybe not the greatest examples but you know what i mean things that yeah. are not in the film but are getting you excited teasing you if if you will if you um, but yeah i think you know especially given this is great to have these two uh questions this week mm-hmm. you know for a star wars movie to hit the heights of financial success in the theater that people need it to to not 
decried as an utter failure because it didn't hit those astronomical Star Wars numbers. You need a ton of just the general public. And I think the general public needs trailers. I think the general public needs the social media conversation uh, that's Mm -hmm. generated uh, by trailers and all of that. So I would love it. It would be a fascinating experiment. Who knows? Maybe the world will change and maybe... Maybe the trailer for the next announced Star Wars move, movie will be Taika Waititi just going, yeah. trust me. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, go, I mean, like the teaser trailer, Force Awakens, the first one, 2014 Thanksgiving Day weekend one, right? Like that yeah. could have been that could have been it. And it was yeah. a artfully done teaser trailer. But yeah, I think what you just said is, is kind of the, the answer. Like, let's say you know, 2022 Taika series or whatever. Maybe the High Republic, the movie. It's not, not what's going to happen, but let's say that's it. The amount of general public, which, by the way, I love those general public fans because exactly what you said, just they make this as big as it is. Mm-hmm. We're the ones that make it maybe as important as it is, but they're the ones who make it as big as, as it is, which is uh, two different things in my book. But imagine you sit down. Oh, there's a new Star Wars we know nothing about. Comes uh, comes up on the screen. Where's Luke, Han, and Leia? Where's or maybe it's where's Ray, Finn, and Poe? Where, where you know? And and if if there was that could affect it. The weekends after, you know, uh, you talk about the follow up weekends, or we're all focused on the opening weekends and stuff. Uh, the the repeat business of don't see that it doesn't have the Star Wars characters you love. Did you know that? I'll tell you that could be a problem too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, The Force Awakens, I think the huge, you know, at the time, record breaking open weekend, opening weekend, record breaking by a lot at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, especially for December, um, that those trailers were so effective. Uh, Chewie were home and it's true. All of it. (sighs) The uh, I don't think I I think it's gonna be years before we see something as powerful as those two moments Mm -hmm. in trailers to to tell people of kind of all ages and all generations, this, you know, actual kind of real world (laughs) mythic figure of Harrison Ford is returning to this mythic role of Han Solo. And he is telling you that you're home and that all of those action figures you ever played with every time you tried to move a stick with your hand using the force, it's true. All of it. I think that contributed to force Awakens success Mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. Now I just want to watch the trailers again, which is something I often just do on YouTube. <laughs> just they are they are beautiful little works of art by themselves, and I uh, I hope for a, a strange new trailer from Taika Waititi soon, soon, soon. soon. Great question, uh, Chris. Great question, Daryl, Ernesto, and Star Wars in a Galaxy podcast. Thank you all. Those are our questions, Ken. Great stuff. I love love not having the straight answers. I love needing to think about it and and even change in in conversation. Thank you all for making that happen. If you want to add to uh, the conversations in this episode or just follow us in general and give us a word, go uh, do that on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Like our Facebook page at Force Center Podcast. We are on Instagram and YouTube. Trying something new, releasing the news portion of the show shows up on YouTube. And uh, more stuff coming over there as well. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots, including Anchor, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and hopefully soon working on some bigger ones forthcoming. Uh, some uh, big, big places adding podcasts to their lists. Uh, look Ooh. for that soon. We'll keep you updated. tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center is where you can buy some merch. And you can support us at patreon.com slash 
Force Center, if you so choose. Uh, you can follow follow me at Cadnapsock. Uh, trying to update you soon on some possibly more uh, live show, live stream things at a venue working on um, uh, as we try to uh, navigate these waters of, of trying to make a living entertaining where there can be no crowds. Uh, a lot of fun. But uh, as always, we like to highlight some of the charity stuff we uh, support here as individuals. And I am still highlighting the California Fire Foundation at CA. Uh, firefoundation.org, wildfires, um, big and strong, record-setting ones going on right now here in our state. This is something that I, uh, I believe in, and it's been part of my monthly uh, uh, charity uh, donation goal on twitch.tv slash Kenapsock as well. Already able to make one donation. So uh, cafirefoundation.org for more information. Joseph, what do you got? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all sorts of other comedy adventures, my other podcast, Obsessed, and comedy albums, all kind of stuff like that. Uh, I want to spotlight a bit of activism you can do if you want, and that is a, a group called Vote Forward. You basically sign up to uh, print out some letters, but then you add your own little bit of handwritten encouragement and let people know why you vote. And these just get sent out to people to encourage them to vote. And they've done a bunch of studies. And it, it is proven that just giving that little bit of encouragement to uh, your fellow uh, citizens to say, use your power, use your vote, really does just increase the whole turnout uh, for an election. And again, that is Vote Forward. And if you're interested, you can go to their website, which is vote, then fwd.org. That's right. That's right. Watch Mandalorian season two on your iPhone while you're waiting to vote or waiting to mail it out, mail out those ballots. <laughs> you can combine the two. <laughs> All right, my friends, that is it. It's a hot fall, late summer edition of Force Center. You can feel the sweat. Thank you all. We'll see you later this week and uh, go buy some Funko Pops on Hoth so you can feel the comforting cold. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.